Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Next to the last uh, message on transformation, the last message, of course, will be next week. And last week we talked about joy stillers. And I gave you an assignment. The assignment was to memorize. You want to read and, and, and meditate and memorize Romans 12, 2. Let's uh, look at it on the screen. Romans 12, 2. And uh, let's read that together. That's okay? Okay, one, two, read. That's what we want to be doing for the rest of this year and all of 2017. We want to be renewed in our mind in the areas that God reveals to us. Now, whatever God reveals to you, you pray, you ask God, God, what areas do you want me to be renewed in? Because that's what I want to do. Because that is really what we call sanctification. And you're not going to be totally uh, perfect, uh, uh, really, in the English word perfect, we'll be complete, uh, which is a Greek word for, for perfect. We want to be complete, teleos, for Jesus Christ. But it's going to be going on all of our earthly journey here on earth. And most people, a lot of people, don't realize that in order to reach out to a world that's in darkness, they need to see light. They don't, they don't need to see just a, a flickering candle. They need to see a bright light. And that's what... Uh, Jesus says, he said, I'm the light of the world. But then he said that you are the light of the world. So we are supposed to be that light that shines in a dark world. And the only way we're going to do that is to get rid of some of this stuff, baggage that we are carrying around with us. And I know that, that all of us are carrying something around. Now, I don't know what God wants you to work on, but I know some of the things he wants me to work on. So we all be working together. Let's start off. Uh, with a, a, uh, a verse, let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Let's turn there, and we'll start our message today. And in, the, in that 14th chapter, verse 27, it tells us something that's very important. It says that peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. The King James may say a friend. Now, it's very important that we realize that Jesus was talking to uh, his disciples and people here. He says that, hey, look, listen to me. Peace I give to you. So, so what is that peace? The peace uh, is, uh, is quite a few things. Uh, one of them is that it's concord, it's harmony, it's agreement, and it's opposed to strife. So if you have strife in your homes, if you have strife in your relationships, that means that 
Peace is not there. He says that peace I leave with you. Also, it's a tranquil state of the soul, and the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Uh, it's the tranquil state of the soul, assured of his salvation through Christ. That's what it is. I'm, 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 uh, we're supposed to be, as Christians, we're supposed to be assure, assured of our salvation through Christ, and therefore we fear nothing from God on Judgment Day. We fear nothing from him because we know that the enemy doesn't have anything in us because we are, are in a process of all the time every day are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And, and, and it says in, in Romans 28, be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, but we want, we want to be transformed also. Now, it's very important for the, with us to realize that it says that do not let your heart, your heart is your mind, don't let your mind, don't let your will, don't let your emotions, don't let your intellect, don't let your, uh, uh, your passions, don't let your feelings, don't let those things be troubled nor fearful. That's what he's saying. So I said, okay, God, that's good. That's good. Then this definition in the Greek also means that it is independent of in external circumstances. So just like uh, we said last week, that joy can be affected by people and circumstances, well, peace can also. But Jesus said that the peace that he gives us, it cannot be affected by, it shouldn't be affected by external situations. I said, okay, that's very important. Now, this is one of my problems. I said, well, God, this is good what you're saying, but why do I get worried? Why do I have a lack of peace sometimes, depending on situations, depending on people? Why am I like that? He says, you're not walking in peace. You don't understand. You don't understand. So I said, I, I, need to, I need to know then some things that I need to work on as far as keeping peace, keeping God's peace. I need to know that. And I think you do too. You want to know what is going to keep God's peace. One thing, uh, I'm going to give you three things. One thing is that we have to be aware that God has said that and sometimes we're going to see him face to face. But not now. Not now. Right now, we're not going to see him face to face. And things are going to pass away during that time. But right now, they're not. But what abides right now is three things. I'm just quoting from 1 Corinthians 13. 13. One is faith. Another one is hope. And another one is what? Love. Those three are not going to pass away. Now buys faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Okay? Wow. 
I'm supposed to be in faith. That's what I'm supposed to be in. I'm supposed to be in hope. Hope. Now, what is biblical hope? Biblical hope is a, is a desire for something good with the expectation of receiving it. Okay? With the expectation of receiving it. And when I was looking at a, another verse that was talking about uh, our uh, expectation, it says like sticking a neck out, the chin up. You, you're like looking for this that you're hoping for. Because if hope is seen, it's not hope, is it? No. Okay. So let's pick up from there and go to these three things uh, that he said abide. I believe that I'm not in peace in some situations because I don't have enough faith. You see, having little faith will keep you out of peace. Having little faith will keep us out of peace. It'll keep me out of peace or it'll keep you out of peace. Okay, let's look at it uh, uh, from the from, from the scripture, because I, I like to do that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Let's go there. It says, Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Now, that's very important now. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave what? Orders. To depart and go to the middle of the sea and sink. Is that correct? No. He said go to the what? Other side. He gave orders to go to the other side. And then he started, uh, something else came in between there. One of the scribes came and, and said he's going to follow him. And Jesus said, well, you know, I don't have... You know, I don't have any way to lay my head. And then one of the disciples said to him, permit me to first go bear. All that came in there. And then in verse 23, it says, when he got into the boat, see, he still said, Jesus saw the crowd around him, gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Okay, so he gets into the boat in verse 23. His disciples follow him. So they get into the boat. And behold, now, what, what does behold mean? Look here, look here, look, 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 look. That's what behold means. There arose a little bit of storm. What is that? Great, great. A great storm on the sea. So that the boat was being covered with waves. It, this boat they were in was being covered by the waves. Now, I can't picture it because I've only been out in the, in the, in the, in the, in the water like that. <laughs> Let me see. One time a cruise, and I tell you, I was afraid that it was going to be like the Titanic because we had a lot of water. But these people, some of them were fishermen, weren't they? Peter. Andrew, some some were fishermen. 
and, and, and before they follow him. And he says that they were in this boat as being covered with waves. Can we picture something being covered with waves? Covered with waves. They didn't just see the waves. The boat was being covered with waves. But, it says, Jesus himself was asleep. Now, can you imagine somebody being asleep when the boat is being covered with waves? And it says it was a great storm. So, usually when it's a great storm here in Lynchburg, we start praying that the electricity don't go out, right? Because we know it's going to be lightning, it's going to be thundering, it's going to be raining, it's going to be a lot of water. And see, they're probably the same thing. But he was asleep. Why was he at such peace to be asleep in, in the midst of this great storm? Have you, have, have, you, have you ever wondered? Why could a man be at, at, that such, at such peace? I wonder, would we be at peace? And that's what I'm trying to find out, God. How can I be at that kind of peace in such a great storm was a storm on my job, was a storm, you know, in my marriage, was a storm in my family, was a storm in my relationships or something, was a storm in the church, was a storm, uh, you know, in a society, was a storm, because there are storms in life, isn't there? And sometimes, you know, when, when storms come, they come sometimes, sickness in the family, they come, uh, you know, a lot of things happen sometimes. And I said, God, I want, to, I want to be at peace. I want to have that tranquil state of my soul where I'm not concerned about anything that's happening in this life because your peace is not determined by anything external. How can I do that, Lord? How can I do that? How did you do that? Then he tells us, and they came to him and woke him saying, save us, Lord. We're perishing. So we know they're upset. And we know that they know he has the answer. Right? He has the answer. So that's why they woke him up. If he didn't have any answers, they'll leave him sleep. But he had answers. Listen to what he said to them. Verse 26. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Now, remember that now. The first thing he says, why are you afraid? Then he says, you men of little faith. So there's two things there. We know that they were afraid, and we know that they had little faith. Is that correct? What can keep us from the real peace of Jesus Christ that he has given us. Fear and what? Little faith. Right? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it came, became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea Obeyed him. What was Jesus expecting out of these disciples of his? 
Was he expecting them to wake him up? If, if he were expecting that, he wouldn't have said, why are you afraid? You mean of a little faith. And faith actually is just trust in what he has said. He said, let's go to the other side. We're going to the other side. That's where we're going. We get in the boat, we're going to the other side of the sea. He expected them to trust him that what he said was going to come to pass. Do we trust what Jesus says is going to come to pass? Sometimes, sometimes not, right, if we're honest. And he wants us to trust what he says is going to come to pass all the time, doesn't he? That's when he said, great faith, right? Great faith. Like the centurion that said, hey, you don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is speak the word. I say to one, see, I'm a man on authority. See, I understand this thing. I say to one, go, and they go, and I say to one, come, they come. And, and so, therefore, I know all you have to do is just speak the word. He said, my goodness gracious. He marveled because he said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. Now, they, the centurion had great faith in him. That's what, he, that's what he's expecting of us. All you have to do is speak the word. Speak the word, Jesus. Show me, what, show me any word that you say, and I will trust you, and I will be at peace, regardless of external situations, regardless of people, regardless of finances, regardless of anything. I am going to be at peace because you have told me what it is. You said go into the other side. Oh, Okay, I see. So, one thing he's showing me is that if you want to be at peace like I left you, if you want that peace to permeate your soul, if you want that peace to be yours, because I've left it with you, I've given it to you, then number one is you're going to have to be a man of great faith. You're going to have to trust whatever I say. Take it for what it is. You can, like, like people say, you can take it to the bank. You can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. Right? Whatever Jesus says, it is going to happen. Isn't it? Not one jot or one tittle, he said, going to pass from this all until all is fulfilled, he said. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So we know that what he says is true. Is that right? We'll count on it. If you're not counting on it, there's no need to count on going to heaven, is it? Because the only way you know it's to heaven, because he says so. Isn't it? The only, way you, only reason you know you're going is because he says so. If you give your life to him, you're going to have eternal life. Isn't it? So if we don't even trust him for the little things, how are we going to trust him for the big things? If there's no heaven, we might as well eat, drink, and be merry. Just have fun, right? Because when we die, that's it. Right? That's what the Bible says. But, see, we know, like Paul knows, that there is a heaven. There is a hell. We know that the way to destruction 
is wide, isn't it? The way to life is narrow. We know that. So we know that we can get there. So I said, okay, I got to cultivate strong faith. I got to start believing in whatever you say. Whatever you say, I have to believe. I believe he expected those disciples to do what he did. Leave them alone. You know, in other words, they said, hey, we're going to die. Go and wake him up. Somebody should have said, no, leave him alone. Whatever we want him to do, we can do. And then Peter, James, or maybe, you know, Bartholomew, or maybe Thomas, well, he doubted, but maybe somebody, right? Somebody will say, I rebuke you, wind. Hush. See, be still. Right? Right? That's what he did. That's what he said. There's no way in the world he's going to say, why are you afraid? You men of little faith. And didn't expect them to do something. What does he expect us to do, I wonder? I wonder what does he expect us to do? Greater, He said, the, the works I do, but greater works that you do, Right? So we're supposed to be doing something, aren't we? We're supposed to be doing something. Great storm come, tornado, Matthew, Henry, John, whoever, you know, come. And we're supposed to, you know, hay is coming right here to Lynchburg. We rebuke you. Get out to the sea. But you, I, I know that your theology may say, Oh, only Jesus can do that. That's not true. That's not true. Because he would have said to them, man, why did you let me sleep so long? You know, you should have woke me up sooner. And I would have stopped this thing sooner. Because I know y'all can't do nothing, you know. (laughs) Right? But he didn't say that. I believe he expects us to do the same thing. I, I really do that. Believe that. That's number one. We need to cultivate having stronger faith because the reason why I'm not at peace in situations is because I have little, what? Faith in that area. In that area that I'm worried about, I have little faith. Number two, having little hope will keep me from that peace. A little, a little hope. Now, what is hope? You desire something good. And you expect for it to happen. You desire your child to be saved. You desire your mate to be saved. You desire your parents to be saved. You desire whatever you desire that you know God desires also. 
You desire, because you see it in Scripture, you desire this to happen, but you, hope says that, I expect it's going to happen. I just don't know what day. I don't know how. I don't know with whom, but I know it's going to happen. I got my neck out. I got my chin up. I'm looking for it. You know, I'm looking for it, right? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's hope, biblical hope. Let's look at it in Romans. Let's turn to chapter uh, probably 15, verse 3. Let's go down. It says, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have what? Woo! My goodness gracious. Let me read that verse again, because some of you probably didn't hear it, because, you know, somebody's alarm went off, because they said, hey, my alarm go off, you know, because it's time for us to go. It's not time for you to go. you got ten more minutes. Okay? It says that for whatever was written in earlier, earlier times was written for our instruction, so that, through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures. Suppose I don't read the Scriptures. Well, you won't have what? Encouragement. You won't have any encouragement. And you, you won't have any, any perseverance here, either. We might have hope. I get hope from reading this Word of God. That's how I get hope. I get encouragement when I read, read this word. Like, like, like they say, I encourage myself in the Lord. You see? So you encourage yourself. Listen to what it says here. Now, verse 3, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Let's go over to verse 13. Now... May the God of hope. Who gives hope? God. God gives hope. There is no hope. I can, I, I can say, hey, guess what? In the mail tomorrow, you're going to get $50,000. How many of you going to have hope? Nobody going to have hope? Wow. <laughs> See, hope got to come through the person who never lies, can bring anything to pass, right? Can rain manna from heaven, right? Can open blind eyes, can make the lame walk, right? Can cleanse the lepers, can raise up children for Abraham from these rocks, right? You want that person to tell you, Tomorrow in the mail, you will get $50,000. Then, I guarantee you, you will be looking for that mailman. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Right? Because Jesus told you that. 
Yeah. He told you that. See, that's what he told the people. Hey, look, I don't want you. I don't want you going out and, and getting manna. I don't want you going out and getting manna <coughs> Excuse me, on the seventh day because on the sixth day, I'm going to give you twice as much. Right? Some of them. Excuse me. <coughs> Some of them had little faith, didn't they? Because what they do? They went out on, on, on Friday and they got twice as much because they know on the Sabbath he's not going to get it. He's not coming in down. So therefore, I'm going to get twice as much so I make sure I have something to eat. Right? He told them, he told them, hey, don't go out on, don't go out on the Sabbath. They went, on, they went out. And, what did it happen? It turned into what? Worms. He said, I don't want you, I don't want you doing that. You see, we've got to have strong what? Faith. We've got to have hope that what he says is going to come to pass. Now the God of hope, made, it's the now may the God of hope fill you with all, what did we talk about last week? Joy. What are we talking about this week? He said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? Believing. Believing. If you believe, you're going to have some joy. Why are you going to be all milky mouth and, and, and you know, sad face if, 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 if what is going to come to pass that he said is going to come to pass? You can have joy, can't you? In the midst of your circumstances, can't you? You can have peace in the midst of your circumstances because we know the God of hope, he's filling us with, with joy. He's filling us with peace in believing so that you will abound in what? Hope. God wants us to abound in hope. He doesn't want us to have a little hope. He wants us to abound in desiring something good that he said and having what? Expectation of receiving it. He wants us to abound in it. So do you want your children saved and they're not saved yet? Then he says, abound in hope. He wants you to abound in hope. Because he wants your, your children saved. Do you want your, your marriage here? Do you want, you know, there's plenty of people. Uh, I know Minerva probably pray, man, God, help me with this man that's laying on his couch on Sunday that won't go to church. Uh, I'm going to ask him to say something. Don't let him get mad, you know. Well, praise God. I'm here today because he used her uh, to pray for me and to at least say something to me, right? Right? And some of us are here today because of somebody prayed, somebody believed, somebody did something, right? Yeah, we're here today. And so don't give up hope because of some... Um, some person, and in, in particular a child or a mate or a parent or something, is not yet saved, not yet in church, not yet on fire for God. Don't, don't, don't be out of peace in that situation, right? Don't be saying, well, everybody you see, hey, say something to my wife so she can, you know, uh, act right. Say something to my husband so he'll start coming to church. No, you just pray. And ask God, and then, then be filled with what? Hope. Expect it's going it's to happen, right? Yeah, it's going to happen. Number one, 
was have strong faith. Because having weak faith is going to have what? You're not going to be at peace. Number two was that God wants you to be abounding in hope, right? Okay? Belief and hope. The third one, you remember what he said to the disciples? Why are you what? Afraid. Why are you afraid? So fear will cause you to be out of peace. It will cause you to worry. Let's turn to Philippians 4. Let's turn there. That's our last uh, verse for today. Now, in Philippians 4, uh, verse 4 through 9, he tells us something to do. This is God's word. I mean, it is inspired. This, this word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. These, the people who wrote this, they were inspired by the Holy, Holy Spirit. It's God-breathed. That's what this word is. And listen to what it says. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Always. Always. That means under, under all circumstances, there is something to be joyful about, isn't it? Something to be joyful about. I, I, I saw a person uh, uh, yesterday at Walmart, and I saw him at Millamont's uh, graduation. He was sitting down there before me, but I didn't know it was him because he had lost a lot of weight and everything, and, and he was walking kind of funny. And I said, I'm not going to embarrass myself by saying, hey, John, I'm not going to do that. But then when I saw him in Walmart yesterday, he saw me and I saw him. I said, hey, man. He said, hey, well, how you doing? I said, hey, John, how you doing? He said, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. I said, I saw you at Millamont. He said, yeah, I had somebody, you know, graduating. And, and uh, he said, I had, I had a hip replacement, both hip replacement, both knees replacement, both shoulders replacement. And he said, uh, uh, so I said, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. But the thing, the key thing is that I said, wow, this is, this is really interesting. This, uh, he said, I said, I said, man, it's so good to see you. I said, how you doing? He said, well, when he said that, well, what's coming next? You know, I said, I said, I said, guess what, John? Well, you're upright. Right? He said, yeah, you're right. You're right, I'm upright. I said, man, it's always something to be, you know, be, be you walking. You're not in no wheelchair. Come on, John. Right? He used to be a coach with me over Lincoln. You know. I said, that's okay. It, it, it was, it, even though he's had all those, even though he might be, you know, stiff and all that stuff, how many of you know we can rejoice for something? Right? There are people that we coach over Lincoln that's in the grave now. You hear what I'm saying? They're young. So we can, we can be thankful for something. We're alive. Okay? Rejoice in the Lord always again. I say what? Rejoice. Keep rejoicing, it says. That's the that's a, uh, present imperative. And it says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. It says, be anxious. Oh, come on. He said, be anxious for some things, right? Be anxious for what? Nothing. Nothing. That means he wants us to be at peace, isn't it? He wants to be at peace. Only way you're going to be at peace. Don't be afraid. Have belief and trust, great trust in him. What he said, he said, be anxious for nothing but in everything. So he's telling us what to do so we won't be anxious, right? He said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Well, I prayed and and. and Five years ago, and nothing happened so far. 
Well, persevere. Right? It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right? How many years was it? We know that even back in in Genesis, Jesus Christ was going to come. Right? How long did it take? A long time, didn't it? Right? Jesus Christ is coming back. Oh, he's not coming back. Uh, He's not coming back anytime soon. Well, okay. Keep acting foolish then. Then when he comes back, you're going to be left. You're going to be left right there like the one of the ten virgins. Right? Five of them couldn't go. Why? They didn't have enough oil. They didn't have enough oil. Okay, so, so I know that he's coming soon and I'm going to be in prayer and supplication. You say, well, every time I pray, nothing happens. I pray for this person to be healed. Uh, man, I pray all the time. And they're still sick. So, you're not a healer, are you? Who's the healer? He is. What did he tell us to do? Pray. Didn't he? He said, pray. He said, you pray. That's okay. So you keep praying. Sooner or later, it's going to come to pass. Now listen. It says that we're supposed to pray. And I know there's another scripture that, that tells me that whatever I pray, according to his will, he hears me. And if I know he hears me, I know I have the petition of those things I desire. Right? So I know prayer works. Right? Okay. Prayer works. Listen to what it says to do. After you pray, Worry. Is that what it says? No. It says that, verse 7, and now after you pray, and the peace of God, this is, this is John 14, right? The peace of God, verse 27, which surpasses all comprehension. It, 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 it passes, you can't even comprehend. Why are you at peace in the midst of Matthew and you live in Miami Beach. How can you be in peace? Because huh? I pray. Huh? I pray. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts. Okay? That means your mind, your will, emotions, your intellect, and all that you're feeling. And your mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will, will be, it, it will, it'll keep, God is like a garrison. It's like a, it's like a, a a big wall around the city of Jerusalem. It says, finally, brother, I know your thought life, and I know the enemy is going to try to come and get your thought life, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to think upon whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, of good reproof, whatever, if they have any excellence, if they have any words of praise, I want you to dwell on these things. Stop dwelling on the negatives. Right? Half of the things we think uh, that we dwell on never come to pass. The negative things, a lot of times we, we dwell on all these negative things that never come to pass. So we're wasting, we are not even obedient to the scriptures. Right? Because he says, be careful for nothing. Right? Then he says that the things which, I, which you have learned and received, and heard, and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace, woohoo, God's peace, 
The peace of God will be with you. That's what it says. Now, how do we have peace? Peace still, we're not going to let a lack of faith steal our peace. That was number one. We're not going to let a lack of hope steal our peace. We're not going to let fear that goes into worry because we don't believe what, what we don't believe it's going to happen steal our peace. We're going to keep those three things. We're going to keep faith. Oh, so it's time for me to stop. <laughs> wow. Wow. But you know what? I got the peace of God. It doesn't bother me. (laughs) So those three, faith, hope, and and I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to think on those things that are good, that are true, that are lovely, that are having a a virtue, having a praise. I'm going to think on those things. I'm going to stop thinking on negative things. I'm going to stop thinking on, 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 you know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. All of us are prey to that. You know what I'm saying? All of us. What will happen if I don't get this job? What will happen if this? What will happen if this? What will happen if that? Well, just pray. Ask God and then leave it there. And you start thinking on those good things because you have hope. You have hope. You got your neck out. You got your, your expectation out there because the God of hope has filled you with joy and peace this day. We'll finish up this series next week. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.